What's up, Airheads? We're back in the virtual Airstream studios for another stirring rendition of Putting On Airs. Me and Corey in our party clothes. I feel like we, I feel like we kind of have a bit of like a Palm Springsy thing going on or something. Yeah, which we, we do. Didn't plan. Yeah, like, uh, a couple old Jews, couple old Jews, couple old gays, and you know, Just either way, cutting it up, yeah. cutting it up out there. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to have us a good time. We're here with BPP, Big Papa Producer, behind the scenes, pulling the strings, all that good stuff. Uh, on this edition, I'm going to be talking about something that I had to go back and double check multiple times to make sure I hadn't talked about before. <laughs> and I've, and like, I'm still not convinced. I've, I've kind of, we've like danced around it a bunch, yeah. but I'm talking about getting hammered. All right. Obviously, fancy yeah. and trash alike love to get hammered. We've talked about like, Drug abuse, drug addiction, we've talked about rehab, we've talked about shit like that. So it's like, it's been on the outskirts a lot. But in this episode, we're just going to straight up talk about getting drunk. And then... uh, I would say not so much it's been on the outskirts as it does permeate everything. Permeates, yeah, yeah, exactly. But then, uh, would you call this history, Professor Cho, uh, given the subject matter? Yeah. yeah, I would call it history or maybe, you know, just uh, in honor of the person, maybe we'll call it gossip with Professor Cho because she was one of the queens of the gossip rag. Hold on. Talking. Wait a minute. Didn't We had a name for this, didn't we? Wasn't it something like, yeah, it was, okay. I, I don't remember the first part, but it was Paparazzo Cho. That's what it Paparazzo was. Paparazzo Cho. Okay. It was, uh, it was like either pop culture with Paparazzo Cho or, or maybe gossip with Paparazzo Cho or something like I'm that. I'm fine but with it, that. We've definitely, yep, you're right. It, we had a name for it. So, yeah, that's what this is. That's it. That's what this so is. So, there's this is History Paparazzo Professor Cho. Cho. There's Fuck Yo Shut Up with Stoner Cho. Uh-huh. Pop Culture with Paparazzo Cho. And Paparazzo Cho that, is like So Cho. That one, yeah, you know, and I kind of look like Paparazzo right now. Paparazzo. You know, I gotta, yeah. Um, Did you hear that, Dad? We're making extra work for you. You got to have a new graphic, Paparazzo Cho. Nah, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about uh, uh, one of the queens, uh, Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, yeah, who we just talked about in brevity recently when I was discussing weddings, because she's one of the all-time greatest uh, wedding havers, I guess, marriers. or husband havers, marriers, yeah, in history. She's one of the goats of both marriage and divorce. So, yeah, about as fancy as it gets. Ain't no doubt about that. So without question, I look forward to die. Remember, you know, we talked about old uh, Larry, right? Her, her man, yeah, Larry, a hero, our hero of ours, unbeknownst to us until, uh, you know, a couple episodes back. So I look forward to hearing more about this a little later. Before we get started, I was uh, looking up, getting drunk and all this stuff. And every now and then I'll be reminded of a person that I'm like, man, that's How a wild person. Yeah, like, right, exactly. Like, that, that's a wild thing to exist in the world. And in this particular <laughs> instance, the person I'm talking about is legendary French actor Gerard Depardieu, right? Yeah. Uh, you fuck with Gerard Depardieu at all? You know, like, what do you know about Gerard Depardieu? I probably, I fuck with him in the exact same way that you have just fucked with him, in that every now and then, I will remember that he exists and I'll right. go, what the fuck? It, but like, I don't explore him any further. Like I've never gone out of my way to watch any of his shit. I know that he's like, I know that he's a legendary actor over there, but I genuinely don't know. And I think, well, I think I know, but at gun to my head, I don't know if he's a, an actor 
to like the Marlon Brando type or if he's like the Jean-Claude Van Damme type. I genuinely don't know. I assume he's more like a their Brando, right? I think he is more like their Brando. It's funny. I found this article in The Guardian, a profile of Gerard Depardieu, and it says, Gerard Depardieu, he's both the best and the worst of France. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's their Alec yeah, Baldwin. He's, he's been a leading man in France for like 50 fucking years. And if you look at what this guy looks like, so uh, BPP, please put up some pictures of Gerard Depardieu here uh, in the edit yeah. because if people don't know what they look like, they need to. I feel like he's kind of like the like the French John, the French thespian John Daly or something. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. That's a great you know way I mean? to put it. Like, he, he said he, he, drank, he claimed that he used to drink 14 bottles of wine a day. Right? Yes, and he like, but he got that big Jim Blossom nose. He just mm -hmm. looks rougher in the damn cob. His hair's all wild. He's like a caricature of a drunk ass Frenchman, but he's real and super successful. He also he big, he big fat drunk. That's the thing. All That's that thing. just yeah. going the through life, just hitting like a motherfucker. Well, well, since I've said that, we should also point out. Apparently, there's been some Me Too type allegations against Mister Depardieu. Yeah. Wait, what? What? Okay. For. On the like, when I hear it's like, damn dude, if you get me tooed in France, that's yeah. gotta be pretty rough. But at the Pepe same time, he's still making movies. He's got movies coming out. So I'm like, well, maybe that didn't shake. I don't know the details of the me too well, situation with him, but I know they seem to be a little more, you know, laissez faire when it comes to the whole me too thing in France. You know, it's like, he's touchy feely. What are you going to do? You know, like it's just yeah. a part of their culture, I guess, based on yeah, purely upon skunk cartoons. That's what I'm basing <laughs> that on. <laughs> yeah, getting me tooed in France is like getting a DUI in the South in 1964. You must have been doing some shit, boy. But that's actually the reason why I was leaning towards he was like more there. Marlon Brando or uh, Orson Welles because I too had heard about his Me Too claims and shit and I was like man if if he's actually been accused of all this shit yet he's weathered the storm he must really be good and I don't mean that in the sense of like that means he should weather that storm it's just that like that's often how that goes like if you if you do some fucked up shit, it's on this scale of like, well, how hard do you hit? And that's how, that's how you know if we'll let you let it go. You know what I mean? Right. And so I um heard he was this legendary drink or whatever. So I like just got on YouTube, looked up Gerard Depardieu stuff, right? And he was on the Graham Norton show in 2012. So, you know, fucking 11 years ago now. Like 2012 to me is like, oh, right. Yeah, that was just, just the other day. But that's fucking 11 years ago. But either way. He was on the Graham Norton show. It's a famous UK talk show. And uh, he was on there. And first of all, he comes out and he sits down on the couch or whatever. And they tell him, he's like, you know, so you, you, you're you not like super comfortable with your English, right? And he's like, he's like, no, no, I understand better than I speak, you know, or whatever. And they <laughs> said, well, we got you a, uh, well, we brought you a translator here in case you need her. She's right here. I have her trouble with the word no. Yeah, her name's, her name's Monel or whatever. And they show this little like, this cute 20-something French chick who's there to translate for Depardieu if he needs it, right? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, we, oui, we. Oui. And he looks at her and he goes, he goes, you know, it is hard to be, uh, how's they say, fat and alone. <laughs> <laughs> fat and alone. And she's just like, okay, I don't know what that, I guess that was like his version of hitting, hitting on her just immediately. He didn't even know she existed. Like, right. Like, 
He didn't know she was going to be there. He didn't know none of that. And they're like, hey, we've got this chick here to translate. And then he was just like, you know, please love me uh, also, or whatever. How confident do you have to be to include the fact that you're fat in your pickup line? Yeah, right. Be like, yeah, right. He's like, look, fat. we know what time it is. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, By and, the way, uh, speaking of the Graham Norton show, like that show, I can't even imagine how big that shit truly is over there. Because it's one of the, like, few things from not in America in the, like, entertainment world that I actually see pop up a lot, like, on my Instagram reels and, like, people, it, it like, the Graham Norton show clips go viral on American internet a lot, and that's not true of a lot of their shit, so I have to assume that, like, he's fucking Carson over there. I mean, I'm, yeah, I agree with you. You would think, I mean, you know, it's a great show. It's like he gets these, he gets multiple celebrities out there at the same time and they've usually all got a drink in their hand or whatever. And so it's just a little more like loose and bullshitty. And it's just, right. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I mean, I love that show. I watch clips of it. All I do the time, too. But on this, but on this episode, um, Graham Norton started asking him, he was like, he was like, so you were filming a, and I, I, this is not an actual Graham Norton. This is generic. Cause I can't remember how no, he good. actually talks, but he's like, so you're filming a, a film in, in Ireland. Yes. And, and, and he's like, we, oui, we, oui. he's like, you know, so you, and so you had to take a plane from France to Ireland and you're on the plane. And then, um, and, and then, and Gerard Depardieu cuts in. He's like, he's like, yes, I, uh, I pee on the plane. Yes. And, he's like, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Because he got in trouble for pissing on a plane, right? I'd he's heard like, that. He's like, I pee on the plane. Yeah, we and he's and everybody starts laughing. And he's like, and he's like, oh, you did? And he's like, of course, yes. Do not let people tell you that uh, you cannot pee. You you could die. You know, she's like the lady. The lady. She says, you know, you cannot pee. I said, well, this is not in my mind. This is organic. You know, I, I have to pee. And, and she says, no, 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 no. So I tell my friend, give me a bottle, you know, so I, so I pee in the bottle. She scream. <laughs> you know, I, say, I say, I say, no, no, it's fine. I clean it up because, you know, the pee, it was too much for the bottle. So it's all over this place. And it, anyway, now it's in the papers. And, uh, you know, it, <laughs> so, just, like, you're under the impression that Graham Norton was maybe not going to go there, and then Gerard just offered this up. Is I know where this is going. Well, I think he was. I've, it felt to me like he was giving him a chance to sort of like Control I don't know, his own or play <laughs> yeah. it off or something. And he was just like, "I be on the plane, we, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. like he just fucking rolls with it." Did he it's make a pretty great? Did he take the opportunity to do what most men like him would and make a wiener joke? I, surprisingly, no. I guess he's confident enough in his own wiener. Yeah, but he never made yeah, a right. wiener joke. God, that's fucking fantastic. Like, I, But all of this, like everything about him except for the fat. Well, that's basically it. He sounds French other than the fat. You know what I mean? Like I, I thought that like. You know, American film standards are the leading man has to be thin and in shape. And I thought, I assumed that would go double for France because, like, they're an even leaner people than we are. Way, so, way leaner. This is this is not even directly in response to what you just said. It's just like they, part of his leading manness over there, he's got his own franchise over there, okay? And it's a comedic franchise. Like and the I never What? No, not at all. Not at all. It, it like... And, you know, we've talked before about, I mean, like off mic, I mean, about how 
whether the rest of the world likes it or not, look, I'm sorry, it's just the truth. America is kind of the trendsetter and the vanguard of comedy, right? Without it's just, question, it's you just can't argue the that. fucking way it is. Like the U, yeah. the UK, they do great too with their own shit. They're sort of, you know, but like but they're a far still, away number two, right? And then everybody else, it's like you look at some of the shit they're doing even today, and you're like, what is that? You know, and so that's how I sort of felt about this. It's Shit might be getting lost in translation. It's in French, but it's based on this French comic book called Asterix and Obelix. But you may what does be, that mean? Asterix and Obelix? Like, I just realized they don't pronounce X's, right? Or do they? No, they don't. I don't know. It do looks they, like how? Asterix and Obelix, but maybe it's Asterix and Obelix. Asterix and it's, uh, that's the name of two characters who are okay. comic book characters and like French folklore characters who were like Gauls in the Roman days. So like what you, what France... Roman era France, right? And they like drink this magic potion and get into escapades and stuff. And it's okay. all very comic booky and cartoony. As a matter of fact, uh, Dale, Big Papa producer, if you could, uh, if you could put a picture of Gerard Depardieu as Obelie right here, that's O B E L I X. It's fucking ridiculous, dude. It's <laughs> like it, he's like his pants look like a barrel. It's like he's in a barrel with straps on it, but they're pants. How do I spell this? O B E L I X, I think, and then and then also put Gerard, so you can see it. And he's got like pigtails, like Viking pigtails. It's goofy. <laughs> oh my god, it's goofy as fuck. Oh yeah, and this like, movie's from ninety. What the fuck, no, dude? There, I would have no, never once thought he would be doing this shit. There's a whole series of those movies, like over years. I don't even know how many of those movies there are, but they like, have the, all these like, escapades throughout. The wrestler earthquake. I thought you meant the comic for a second. No, uh, no, but yeah. it also hits for me. But he looks like yeah. the wrestler Earthquake. Right. Go ahead. But, I'm sorry. Well, it's just, anyway, I tried to watch a couple clips from it. And, like, again, it's in it. French. It's in French. Right. So, obviously, I'm not going to get it either way. But it's just so goofy. And, like, yeah. some of them are from the 90s. But, like, not all of them. Like, some of them are from the past decade. There's a new one coming out this year, although I think Depardieu has stepped down and they've recast him in the no. new one. But, like, they're God still making these movies. Culture. They're still making these movies. And, like, it's just, like, it's cartoonishly fucking goofy, bro. And they're hugely yeah. popular in France. And so, again, it's but not really fair. Be... I don't speak the language. It might be hilarious. I don't know. But it's just the time. I feel like the American version of that would never be this like fucking benchmark franchise in this country. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, like, I'm trying to just based on the costume alone. That's all I'm going on. Just based on the costume alone. I'm thinking of like fat bastard, you know, from Austin Powers. I'm thinking about yeah. Big Mama's. But none of these, the big fat You're bastard right. don't have a franchise. But they fat bastard don't have a franchise. You know, he's a character in a movie. Like, you understand yeah, but Austin the Powers Austin did. And Austin Powers is pretty cartoony. And I fucking love Austin Powers. Yes, but dude, okay, dude, listen. But also Austin can, Powers, bro, what was that? 20-something years ago? That, yes, you know, yes, more? yes. 25 yes. years ago? And we can spend as little or as much time on this as you want. But I have recently rewatched the original Austin Powers really? mystery. Okay. Yes. And because I, I was a huge, like Me when too. I was a kid, Loved that it. was my shit. Like my, we saw the first, we saw the first one. And then after that, me and my family, like it was, it was a point, like when those movies came out, yeah. we were, we rushed to see me, them. And me I and all the Slana boys went and saw the spy who shagged me when it came out. Cause we loved Austin Powers so much. And I remember my buddy Bain, Jason Bain, literally 
literally fell into the aisle way <laughs> laughing so hard, like fell out of his yeah. chair and was rolling around in the aisle way. He was fucking laughing so hard. Like that's how much we love those fucking movies. So go on. Well, I recently, and I had seen it like 10 or 12 years ago and thought it held up. But me, 10 or 12 years ago, is a completely different dude. I've been like halfway in the biz now. I'm I'm way more jaded. I'm way more cynical, even though, you know, I'm trying to get better at that. But I rewatched and I was like, Corey, just be, be objective here. Like, is this just some you like this when you were a kid and it's otherwise stupid? Trey, I'm telling you that it's not only still hilarious, like the jokes aren't even dated. Like it was, because it, slapstick does that. Slapstick has it has more longevity than anything yeah. because hitting somebody yeah. in the nuts is the right. same. Always thirty funny. years from now, always funny. Self deprecating humor, always funny. I'm I'm here to tell you that not only does it hold up, not only did I laugh just as much, but it's genuinely one of the best pure satires of a genre that I've ever seen. Like it, it and not another teen right. movie and fucking Blazing Saddles are like, like I, okay, well, nothing's see, where Blazing Saddles is, but it's fucking good, man. So you brought up not another teen movie, and like again, this is t- I watched like two different fucking clips on YouTube. This is not fair what I'm doing, but like. I was saying there's not an American equivalent, but like, you know how we had all those uh, spoof movies? It was a whole yeah. genre for a while. Like, and a lot of them were super bad, like disaster movies and fucking super- did. Craig Mazin, who and now Craig does Mason. Chernobyl and The Last of yeah. Us. Yeah. What a fucking glow up. The that range. The range. That's what I, I say. fucking I admire the shit out of that. I do movie. too. Because uh, that's incredible. But yeah, it's yeah. unreal. But a lot of those movies, dude, you talk about goofy. Goofy, oh, yeah. stupid that, shit. But that's and why I, Not Another Teen Movie, they it stands above those. It's good. Not Another Teen Movie holds up, right? Yeah. But a lot of them don't. And so we did have those movies here, but we had those movies here, what, 15 years ago, right? We and don't they weren't a anymore. franchise. They were independent. Right. Well, they were kind of all connected. Yeah. Like they, it was you know the what I'm saying, studio, though. Putting them out. Yeah. But I'm saying... It's like France been doing that and still doing that is what it seems like to me. (laughs) But I don't speak the language, so maybe I'm wrong. Like, maybe that ain't what's going on. But that's what it seems like is going on there to me. You may not know, because I know that your only knowledge on this is what you've looked up for this episode. But, like, are they – because those movies were not geared towards – children even though of course they knew kids were going to watch them. No, they were R-rated, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, but like, are these Depardieu movies, are they like, are they for kids? Yeah, I don't know. Because that that would explain a little bit, like, look at the minions That would definitely explain a lot of it, yeah. I don't know. I honestly have no idea about the answer to but that. But to me, that's just wild that, because again, like, I'm, I'm looking at him as like, he's there like, pretentious fucking wine drinking bro I, I don't I, think I he's only... pretentious i mean again well okay is john daly pretentious? clearly not right no i'm no, saying no, i really you know, think he's french. like french actor john daly that's what i think he yeah. is it, and john daly ain't pretentious ingrained... at all no he's not that's the best that's how thing ingrained about it. pretension is to frenchness to you yes and to me and yeah. to all americans yes <laughs> i agree <laughs> I know exactly. But yeah, what you it's mean. so fucking ingrained that I can't. And, and the name too, like that's and that's not yeah. his fault. But like I hear that right. name and I think of like here's a guy who like takes a yacht to Sundance every year, you know, Mm-mm. and like that's his no. Here's part. a guy who pisses on planes. Dog. <laughs> 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 you know. well, also, I but should. Now know. I'm upset. 
this is another, I think, I think this is, this sounds like some John Daly type shit to me. And of course this don't hit for me, but it's, it hits for me in a funny way. He also got in a lot of hot water because like France tried to start taxing him at a higher rate or something. So he just like moved to Russia and became boys with Putin (laughs) and shit or something like that. Boy, he's playing the hits, ain't he? Yeah, right, dude. Yeah. And he's like. He's like boys with Putin and fucking just just pissing France off all the time because he won't pay his taxes and he lays drunk and fucking, you know, I don't know. He's just he's a wild motherfucker. And, Imagine thinking. And again, that- it's like if you looked at it, but you said Brando, though, which is a good because if you look up early, if you look up young, yeah, he pictures was the guy, of Gerard right? Depardieu, he's like you can kind of see it. And, yeah. and so he Orson became Wells. that guy. He became that guy then. But he's been the fat sot that we all know (laughs) for so long now that it's like, it's just wild to think of. It's like, that is their Marlon. But but again, but fucking our Marlon Brando Brando turned into a fat sot. And Orson Welles. Yeah, right. Orson Welles. It happens. It's a long tradition. It does happen. And if anybody understands how it happens, it's me and you. It's me and you, bro. Because like. You start yeah. hitting hard enough and fucking Fuck you can em. eat whatever you want and drink whatever you, you want. I don't know how you, you don't get fat. Like, bro, fucking, you only on, you only stay fit so that you can hit. Once right. you hit, you're like, why, fuck why? it. Like, like yeah. again, I, I don't want to talk shit because I love the guy, but Jack Nicholson is fat as fuck right now, boy. And why not? Good for him. He Now, he, I feel like Jack... He lasted longer than because a lot of those dudes like they fucking plumped up in their prime. Jack absolutely waited till he was like retired and then was like, I'm gonna get fat. But like, yeah, dude, like I I genuinely you can't imagine being like, I've already hit at this level. I put my whole life into looking good and now I have more money than God and I can eat caviar and cream and beignets. 24 hours a day and drink my fucking because most of that with those dudes is from booze like brando was a fucking drunk orson wells was a drunk and you don't work out you don't move right yeah i yeah i you know i I mean again i'm not it really really the dudes who don't do that deserve a fucking medal agreed uh agreed like i I know what would happen to me you put me in that position Whale, you, brother. I'm yeah. Fucking, do you? Th- <laughs> I, so trending on Twitter you last to lock week. me into a fucking room, like with a team <laughs> of people assigned to preventing me from becoming a fat fuck. That's what you'd have Agre- to do. Agreed, bro. But so there was actually something trending on Twitter last week that was hashtag Twink Death. Did you hear about this? No, I know what a it's, Twink is. Well, uh, it's I didn't know that a- they died. Well, uh, they, d- it's not that the twins like fat gays now. Is that what it is? <laughs> but, it, but it's not, but it doesn't even have anything to do. Apparently, uh, a twink, a twink is in the gay community, a, a tiny gay, but, yeah. but, but gays look like at Timothy like, Chalamet, he a twink, right? Is twink, yes. But so he's the like gays, the proto twink, right? And I, I'm not saying he's gay. I don't know. I'm just no, saying, no, no, no. Like, that's you're no, but you're, you're helping me out here because right. they look at straight actors and they still, that's just a body type. Twink is just a, a body, body type. type, right? And Timothy yeah. Chalamet is like the ultimate Dude. fucking twink. Right, he's a fucking right blue chip twink. Well, blue he's chip, like the Hall of Fame fucking twink, three right. tool yeah. twink. He's the Absolutely. twink right now, the hottest yeah. twink in the business, and good so, for him. Fucking eight, that's a good thing to be. And so because of that, 
uh, a bunch of the gays uh, were lamenting twink deaths, which is when someone that was formerly formerly a hot celeb twink starts gaining weight. And so they put up the pictures <laughs> okay. and the, so it's that's their that's twink rough. death. That yeah. is rough. And the most recent one that I saw, it was because of the re-release of Titanic. So a bunch of these old pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio oh, were floating yeah. around. He and was then the Timothy Chalamet up, of the fucking late 90s and early 2000s, without a doubt. And honestly, that's underselling him by a lot. Timothy sure. Chalamet could, yeah. Like, like yeah, you, you well, can't be what I'm, DiCaprio you, was anymore. You, I don't know, man. Give Chalamet time. Chalamet's really on one uh, Maybe, right now. maybe. But as far as, like, box office and shit goes, those Well, yeah, they just don't hit those numbers a, anymore. Yeah, yeah right, that's like, true. It's, but it's nothing against Chalamet or anything like that. It's just, like, the 90s was one of the last times that you could be that but, level of a but, superstar. But Leo, he's kind of starting to follow that fucking Brando I know. Wales. That's why I bring this up. That's why I bring this up. That's why I bring this up. He's been hitting too hard for too long, dude. Eventually that's it why, catches up to you. It don't matter how that, hard you hit, you know? <laughs> that's why I bring this up because a lot of people like compare the careers of Leo and Jack. And Leo would even tell you like that's a guy that he sort of modeled himself after. And if you look at Leo right now, he's kind of starting to look like Jack Nicholson in the fucking like mid nineties when right. he had hit for so long. And so I can't decide if Leo, because the thing, first off, Leo, let me say this. Leo is not an overweight, obese man by any means. He, he has a quote dad bod, which he's the one that actually started that whole shit. So, he looks fucking fine. It's just that Hollywood standards are what Hollywood standards are. We're actually going to talk a little bit about this in the Liz Taylor. But, like, do you think that he's going to get a hold of himself and be like, okay, this is, I got to go back to, to twink whatever? Or do you think he's going to be like, you know what? I got the Oscar. Fuck it. They, call me instead of Brendan Fraser. How about that? Huh? The latter. Absolutely yep. the latter. Do I, I think hope. he's going to get a hold of himself? Absolutely not. I don't think there's a chance not. in hell he gets a it gets a hold of himself. And yeah, right. You know, and again, right. We I also hope not. Okay, we need more of those guys. Yeah. yeah, we do. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Me and you don't have adequate representation in Hollywood, uh, and <laughs> right. I'm I, we don't like we never have white. Sure, but I'm not talking about white. I'm talking about mm. fat, schlubby, um, don't schlubby <laughs> yeah. dudes who used to hit in their 20s and now don't yeah. hit that's what we hit. need right yeah that's yeah. what we need brandon brandon fraser he is carrying that torch too right now yes uh, he is heart. he's doing and, his and roasting marshmallows on that motherfucker too. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> i love he's it. hitting for me he's our he's guy hitting for me real hard uh but before Dude, we go on because i'm just curious <laughs> okay what, what were there other were, were there other prominent twink deaths because you've made me curious now like who, um like, I, that ones? was the that was the only one that I remember. Now I'm put. I, I can't think of it at the time, but yeah, but there were, and some of them I didn't recognize. Um, but uh, you know what? Up top, maybe next week, if I remember, I'll go look at all the twink deaths, and we can talk about it. Because uh, mm -hmm. yeah, there there were plenty, but Leo's the one that stood out. And by the way, before we get going, I just recently watched an interview of fucking Brendan Fraser talking about the whale, and he was like on the verge of tears talking about how he was so happy to represent these marginalized people. And he's like, you know, they're human beings too. And they were like, so how'd you do it? And they were like, well, I had to wear this suit in my arms just to fuck. And he starts going through this like horrific process of how he transformed into a fat all while 
fucking like halfway crying about it. And it was just, it, dude, I got to show it to you. It's just so fucking tremendous. He had to wear these like weighted forearms for like five mm-hmm. hours a day just so that he could feel the weight of a, of a fucking fat person's arms. Right. But one he of the reasons up. he was a, one of the reasons he was a great choice for that role is because, like, he had already sort of, you know, for sure, he had already sort of done that, like by Hollywood he, like, standards. It's not like he didn't understand what it's yeah, like to yeah, fat yeah, up. Yeah, like he already yeah. was sympathetic, I assume. Yeah. And then they were like, "Son, you only think you know. <laughs> yeah, try, the, <laughs> try these arms on. You're Hollywood like, fat. Yeah, right. He's like, God damn." I did I thought I was FDDH, but I'm not. Like not this not. is this yeah. is a whole nother level. Oh, oh man. All right. Well, let's get into it right after this. I'm gonna talk about getting hammered. I'd love to. We'll be we'll be right back. Dun dun dun. This is a public service announcement, baby. Manscaped now has beard products and now a brand new nose and ear hair trimmer if you hadn't already heard the leaders in below the waist grooming are traveling north of your south pole with their revolutionary beard hedger pro kit plus they've also launched the brand new weed whacker 2.0 which confirms that they have all the best tools for your hygiene toolbox so it's time to upgrade your toolbox by going to manscape.com and using our promo code poa for 20 percent off plus free shipping y'all i've been using the weed whacker for a long time and frankly i wouldn't go near my crotch with any other type of razor but this beard trimmer has totally changed the game for me my beard is very important to me now i'm not saying i have the best beard in the world i work with what god gave me right but i do have to make sure everything's lined up because as someone with a big old fat face like mine i have to invent a jawline with my beard And this new Manscaped beard trimmer is the best because instead of uh, the other ones that like send you a bunch of different guards that you've got to keep up with, this one just has a little dial on it. You just click, click, click. So I'm like, okay, I'm a four and a half in my beard, uh, but I'm going to hit my mustache with the six. You don't have to put different attachments on. It's wonderful. It's comfortable. You're not yanking your hairs out everywhere. It's I, I love it. It's the only one that I use. The Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It's the ultimate package that makes it easier than ever to craft your signature look. And uh, it's waterproof, by the way. Cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel, like I said, that gives you 20 haircutting links. Because, you know, everybody doesn't have the same. You know, there's there's the in-betweeners, which is super good. And the Pro Kit also comes with four dermatologist-tested formulations for your pro- post-trim care. This is beard shampoo and conditioner, which I love. The beard oil, which makes it shine real nice. And the beard balm, which moisturizes and also gives it a little, uh, a little hold, man. It is awesome. Your significant other is going to be delighted to see you covering all the bases if you know what I'm talking about. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code P. At manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our promo code POA. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, we're back. Let's do it. Like I said, I, I, I wanted to talk about getting hammered and I kept thinking, I was like, dude, I, you've talked about this. Surely not. And I tried to, I looked up, looked in old episodes, the archives, went to the POA archives and whatnot. And again, like we've danced around Which you can get at watchpoa.com, by the way. We've danced around it a lot. We've talked about rehab, drug abuse, things of that nature. We talked about why people be drunk and that sort of thing. That's all been covered. 
So I don't really want to talk about none of that. I just want to talk about just getting drunk, basically. And, you know, partying. You come to the right place. Getting hammered. Yes, right, exactly. So, and also, I told you before we started, I think I'm just letting everybody know right now, there's a real good chance that this is going to end up being a two-parter for me. Uh, I, I This could very easily end up spanning two episodes because uh, I got a hard out today. Corey's got to talk about Liz Taylor. So, we're going to I was about to say, do. it's either going to be a two-parter for you or I'm not talking about Liz Taylor. There's There's really only two options. Right, and I'll no, I want you to talk about Liz Taylor. So I'm pretty much just saying right now it's going to be a two parter. So talking about f- fancy people, rich people, today when it comes to getting drunk, they got their home a whole subculture out there, uh, and mostly it's based in nightclubs and bottle service and things of that nature. I read a few articles about it. One of them tried to draw this parallel, which I get, but I don't know that it's a straight line from this to today. But they drew this mm-hmm. parallel between, which I'd never heard of this. In the 19th century, there was a custom called potlucks, right? Which I feel like turned into potlucks. Potlucks, just yeah. Be, I guess because but potlucks are not fancy. No, this was a this was tribes in the Pacific Northwest, right? Oh. And it's okay. P, it's P O T L A C H. So how would you say that? Potlucks, potlucks, potlucks. Yeah, right. Yeah, potlucks. Anyway, yeah. what they were they Sounds were competitive. Viking. They were competitive gifting ceremonies, all right, where a tribal chief would lavish gifts of considerable riches upon his guests to advance his title or rank. So they were basically flossing competitions, right? Oh, yeah. Multiple tribes would come together and different chiefs would be like, you think you hit my fucker? You don't hit. Check this out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I got three canoes, bitch. You know, whatever. Like, that's how it was. And you know what's fun? Like, one of our favorite podcasts they're engaged in this yes. without recognizing it. And it's two yeah, bears, Bert one Tom. cave. Bert and Tom are engaged in a modern day potlatch or whatever. Yeah. Without being aware of it. But they also, when they'd have these ceremonies, they'd not only, they'd try to outdo each other with the gifts they presented, but they also, beyond that, they would destroy things that hit just yeah. to show how much they didn't care about that thing. Smashing that a hits. guitar. Yeah, yeah, smashing a guitar, right? Yeah, they'd roll, they'd roll a fucking handmade canoe out there that their fucking tribal shaman spent all these years putting together, or whatever, yeah. and then just set it on fire and be like, "I don't give a fuck. I got yeah. fifteen more canoes, motherfucker." <laughs> yeah, you know, Elvis so used to just, shoot TVs. Yeah, right. Yeah, like yeah. So they would do that back then. So this is a long and storied tradition, right? But today, these rich fuckers in the nightclubs and stuff, they got this whole subculture built up around it, and it's all. It, I don't know. It's all pretty fucking basic to me. It's based entirely around girls, evidently. Like the currency no. is girls. Girls meaning like thoughts, models, IG hoes, that, right? Like you, there's, so there's promoters, right? There's club promoters. And basically all these people do is they round up a bunch of thoughts and say, okay. will you come with me to a party or whatever? <laughs> and then, they I go bet to you a nightclub. Go. Yeah. They go to a nightclub. The promoter goes to a nightclub and he's like, I got all these bitches. All right. They're ready to party. <laughs> Pay me money and we'll make this party hit using all these bitches. Right. So a pimp, so like, but for without the, yeah, right. The, 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 he doesn't, the there. sex will probably happen, but he doesn't control the sex. He just facilitates right. the, the bitches to the presence the of the bitches. The presence right. of the bitches. That's the entire currency of the modern day, like rich n- nightclub scene is 
these bitches. And, uh, <laughs> and so like the fucking, the billionaires come in there and they put them in different, they'll, they like, they like to try to put them in different VIP booths, like opposite right, each other because, well, because they'll get into a pissing contest, right? right? Like if they put uh one hitter over here and another hitter over here, they'll get into a spend off, which benefits the nightclub. So they try to do that and they like compete. That's how for the shootings pre- happen. Right. They compete for the presence of the bitches and things right. of that nature. <laughs> and it's all just one big pissing contest. And something like, so there's this story about the one night at the, I read this on the internet. I, of course, didn't fact check it at all. One night in some nightclub in Manhattan, I think it was, maybe it was LA, one of the two, Drake and Chris Brown were in a pissing contest like this, and it ended up with them throwing gigantic champagne bottles at each other's fucking uh, (laughs) table. Yeah. No, yeah, at the bitches at the other table. (laughs) Because, like, they get bottle service, right? And the bottles are like, the bottles are part of it. It's like, how do we... You break the bottle. Well, but also, like, the bottles... I don't know how to put this. They're like, okay, we got a bottle that's eight grand. We need to have a bottle that's 30 grand. How can we accomplish that? Let's just make it cartoonishly large and covered with diamonds, (laughs) right? Or whatever. Like those burgers that are covered in gold leaf or whatever. So now it's a $30,000 bottle of fucking bubbly or whatever. And they're all buying those and fucking chopping the top off of them with swords and throwing them at the lesser hitting fuckers (laughs) on the other side of the room. And that's apparently how nightclubs work. Um, Which like, where, where, so where are you at? Where are you at on that? As a man I've never is a man who doesn't particularly hit, not on this level. Of course, I don't okay. either. Neither of us hit on this level. I, I'm saying, okay, all right. Jesus we Christ. don't. I was, I was ready to answer, and then you had to fuck. Talking no, about okay, multi-millionaires right. right. and billionaires, we're not. We no, ain't you're fucking right. like I, that. You're, you're right. But what's I your thought, honest? I didn't. I where forgot you that you were talking about. I th- I forgot you were talking about that, and I thought you were just making a blanket statement of like you're in your mid thirties and you, you don't, just hit. don't hit. No, <laughs> yeah, right. Which I don't. Know what I mean. Um. Well, here's the thing. My mid thirties really ain't got shit to do with it. Now I guarantee you, if I was ever into them, I'd be tapering now. But I have always, always, it, despite being a show, I've always hated that shit. I have never once liked nightclubs. Right. My it here here's my favorite. All of my favorite bars have closed down and do you know why it's because all of my favorite bars is when you go somewhere and nobody's there like when there's only like two or three yep. motherfuckers and so like in chattanooga i'd be like oh i can't believe that place closed down and they'd be like yeah of course it did because the reason you like going there is because it's you and three dudes every time like of course that fucking place closes down i've always been more of like a you know like a pub i like going to a pub right I, I don't like the fucking now you know i went bald early trey and you a lot did. of these nightclubs will not let you in wearing a hat. Now, I know. frankly, I would have hated them anyways, but that gave me no reason to even try. I fucking hate them. I, I don't like places where you can't. When I go, when I want to hang out with my friends, I want us to be able to talk, have a conversation. You can't fucking hear anything. I don't like it. I'm with you. I don't like I don't like nightclubs either. Never have. I don't know if it's because I was born not hitting. It's just in my blood or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Don't but none, none of that. <laughs> sh- I'm not just saying this. None of that shit I just described appeals to me. I also already said there's going to be a two-parter. It 100% is. I can tell that already. So I've made an executive decision on how I'm going to divide this. We're going to talk about okay. just sort of parties, fancy people parties yep. and shit, and then uh, and maybe get to some. A trash party stories or whatever and then next week i'm gonna talk about fancy 
people who love getting hammered. So that's what I'm yes. going to do. Dude, so you we can make about, this a goddamn four-parter. We talked about nightclubs and whatever. So as far as the history of fancy people partying, I feel like it goes back to having lavish, extravagant partying <laughs> customs, right? It goes back to at least ancient Rome. All right, Chuck, oh, you know what a... You know what a bacchanal is, or a bacchanalia? Butt fucked. I mean, if for it was sure. in Rome, but do you, yeah, yeah, right. But do you know that term? It's called a before? bacchanal. Bacchanal, or in the plural, bacchanalia. Like I uh, have, the, I've heard about it, but literally the only reason I've heard about it is from the show Plebs, which takes place in Rome. So I've just heard the word. I don't really know the history. Okay, so. The ancient Romans, they stole, they they was the kings of culturally appropriating shit. They'd conquer yeah. people oh. and be like, hey, that thing they do, that hits, we're going to do that, right? Yeah. We talked, but we've, it's been brought up before how they did that with all the Greeks' gods, the Greek pantheon of gods. The Romans just stole yep. them and renamed them, right? So in the Greek pantheon, he's come up before too, Dionysus, right? How do you think the, the gods felt about that? As long as people were worshiping them, they were probably yeah, all right. Yeah, right. They didn't it, give a fuck. Yeah. But, uh, the Greek god of like wine and hitting Dionysus, mm-hmm. right? In Rome, they changed in uh, they changed that his name to Bacchus, right? B a c c h u s, Bacchus, right? So they start they had these like priests dedicated to that god, which has got to be one of the hittingest types of priests to be throughout all Absolutely. of time. The priest devoted to the god of fucking getting hammered, right? Yeah. But so these priests would put together uh, like rituals in service of the god Bacchus, the god of wine. And at first it was just girls. It was only girls are allowed to participate and they just get fucking naked and hammered and whatever else. And that's all it was. And it was a big secret. They but lick words, stuff. Words start, I'm sure they licked on all kinds of stuff. Words started right. getting out and people were like, that sounds like that hits, you know? And, and, uh, <laughs> the man had to be pissed. <laughs> gradually it turned into this like underground partying scene, basically in ancient Rome where they used to have a bacchanal, which is what they were called, every three, four months or whatever. And by the height of the Roman Empire, they were having them five times a month. And of the course. way it worked is it's like the priest would, they would uh, pick a spot in the woods or whatever and be like, this is where we're going to have the bacchanal, the party. And then like rumors would spread. It's like word of mouth. People get invited. You got to hit to get invited or like, you know, be super sexy or whatever. Have, and it was yeah, like right. a, the, a There was fat thing. dudes, but only hot girls. Yeah, right. Yeah. Hot girls, fat dudes, or like shredded slave boys or whatever, because they yeah. got butts to be fucked. You know, like the, you gotta have the non dickless ones. Gotta have something to offer, right? And uh right. and and it became this huge thing. It was like the nightclubs of ancient Rome, right? When they would happen, everybody's trying to get to the Bacchanal. And they it these fucking things were wild, bro. I mean, we don't I know say. shocking to hear, but they were yeah. wild. Like, first of all, it had to be some goats. Right, because <laughs> well, you got to worship something. You got to sacrifice something. Yeah, right. right. Like something got to get sacrificed, and what what's better than a goat? So you got to have a goat, man. Who bringing the goats? Oh, Baxos is bringing the goats. Okay, Baxos <laughs> is in. He's the goat man, right? They drink fucking gallons and gallons, fucking barrels and barrels of of wine and shit. Uh, you didn't have to be naked, but it was you know encouraged. encouraged. You'd yeah. eventually get naked, and pretty much the, the thing was, like, it was just a monument to excess, these parties. It was like, right. you show up, you you fucking pound wine, you get naked, you get your butt fucked. Right. if you don't like that, don't get come. Get the fuck out. Yeah, like, right. I was you, about like, to say. Don't even not, be here. If you're going to try to not get 
any kind of hole fucked, just don't right. show up to I'm, this. Yeah. I'm sure like, the goat got some too on accident. The those are like, right. yeah, those it's are like, like yeah, the parties. Right. Those are the parties where like, you don't even know, like you just kind of slip in, you know what I mean? And get slipped right. in too. Like that's so, you know, and they would like, there's stories and stuff of like people showed up and some stuff would start to get to happen, get to happen. And they'd be like, Oh, I'd rather that hole not be fucked or whatever. And right. then they just kill that person and fucking rip them to pieces <laughs> or whatever. They'd be like, no, you getting fucked. That's what we do here. Do right? here. Yeah. You're either getting fucked or you're getting torn apart with the goddamn goats and getting. So, I mean, they were fucking, it was. I'd take wild. a butt fuck real quick. I, I'd was, change absolutely. my tune. But I, was, I feel like even if I was in ancient Rome, I just don't think. I don't care if I was a 21-year-old fucking Roman hotshot. No. I don't know that I'd uh, want to hit like that. But these things I, were huge, man. They fucking loved I agree. Them. I'd see, I'm with you. Like, if I was a Roman hotshot, what I would do, and this is what I don't understand why the hitters don't just do this. Like, the hitters go to a club, and they – now, granted, I know that these people are literally not worried about money at all. But I see the bottle service and all the bitches and all their homies, and I'm like, you've got a really nice house. Like, why don't you just invite all these bitches over to your house, and, like, that bottle just costs what that bottle costs. It didn't – it's not an $8,000 markup, and you don't have to deal with all this other shit. So, like, if I'm a hot shit Roman, I'm just going to be like, yo – come to my house and we will get our butts fucked, but like in an orderly fashion. And then we can like go to bed, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah. Let's have some reason to this butt fucking, but yeah, they weren't big on that. No. Um, so yeah, that's sort of like uh, the foundational tradition of partying hard amongst fancy people. Right. You, here's what's funny. Those ended up getting shut down by the powers that be in ancient Rome. But like, do you know why they thought it was a problem? Like the, what made them? What made them go? All right, we're going to, have to do something about this. What do you no, think it was? was um, <laughs> it wasn't about people getting eviscerated uh, for protecting right. their holes from and, getting fucked or anything like and that. AIDS it wasn't was, a thing. It was because it was because slaves and lesser born started being let in and partying at the fucking Bacchanalia, right? And when the powers that be found out about that, they were like, well, this is a fucking disgusting practice. They're not allowed like, to hit. No, it's like fucking, fucking shredding goats and murdering over butts and all that. That's one thing. That's just what we do here. But you can't have these lowly slaves in here being naked. That ain't it. And so you, when you they found that out, been a they kind of shut them down. Right. You think there'd been a compromise yeah. where they were like, they can come, but I mean, at least kill them afterwards. You know what I mean? Right. That for yeah, them. maybe they tried that. I don't know, but that's what led to the downfall of it. So that's some other uh, some other fancy papal parties uh, from history that hit for me when I learned about them. In uh, January of 1393, the Queen of France, Isabeau of Bavaria, hosted, oh, yeah, a lav hosted a lavish banquet to celebrate the marriage of one of her ladies-in-waiting, right? The highlight of the evening was this big musical theater number involving King Charles VI and five nobles who were all uh, dressed up in woodland wild man costumes. So they're covered <laughs> in like, linen, linen and trees and fucking leaves and shit. They're like forest people, right? Yeah. To do this little number. So King Charles is supposed to be part of it as they, and as they're doing the routine, the king's brother, the Duke of Orleans, arrived 
and uh, was holding a torch and was like, this shit fucking is, this is great. And he like jumps out there in the middle of the woodland dance and starts like trying to dance with them while holding a torch. And in doing so, he accidentally ignited their tree sap covered costumes, triggering a blaze that instantly spread to the rest of the group. The king avoided injury. The king avoided injury. One man saved himself by diving into a barrel of wine, but the four other dancers were engulfed in flames and killed. So, do you, so the the king obviously he escaped injury. Do you think it's because like he caught on fire and then he made one of his like lowly servants like cover him and no, they burned th- it? Oh, well, maybe, maybe, but I feel like it, he was just. Uh, he just wasn't the one that got caught on fire. To right. Begin and with. so he was like, Ugh. yeah, right. And he made it she out. Some way. other, some other old boy got caught on fire, jumped into a barrel of wine and made it. And then the other ones, they just burnt to death because of the King's drunk, stupid cousin who was there. Dude, these are the stories that we hear about from back then. Cause the only things that were in recorded history are things that the elite did. Like imagine if the rich people were throwing parties and getting burnt to death, what the fucking rednecks were doing back then. You know what I mean? Right. They must've been dying all the goddamn time. Well, this is kind of on that note, I suppose. And I'll use this as a transition into, cause I want to, at least ask uh, about some, you know, like trash parties or whatever. Um, so this is the transition point. This is the Venn diagram of the two, fancy and trash. The inauguration of President Andrew Jackson. I bet right, that was a rager. Was a wild affair. March 4th, 1829. Right, He's sworn in. All his supporters are there. You know, they're a bunch of Indian hating trash. I was about or to say, not a Native American amongst no, them. No, no, no. And he fucking, he's hammered, of course. Everybody's fucking hammered. They open up the White House to the revelers. They're like, come in, fucking, let's do it. Let's, let's fucking, let's party. It's why you're partying in the White House. It's time, baby. <laughs> right? So all these fucking drunk 1820s dipshits get inside the executive mansion and just start tearing everything to fucking pieces right <laughs> it's like you know the january 6th of its day except they didn't even have a political stance they were just like fucking <laughs> yeah we're gonna live forever fucking smashing <laughs> a chandelier like that's all they were doing and at one it got so bad they thought that andrew jackson was his life was in danger so he was like whisked away they finally controlled the rabble by um they moved the booze out onto the <laughs> lawn of the White House, <laughs> and everybody just sort of like like that fat rat floating on the smell of yeah. cheese from <laughs> yeah. the cartoon. They just kind of went outside where all the, Jack. Booze, all the booze yeah. was at Monterey Jack, yeah. And then they closed the doors and closed off the White House to all these drunken dipshits, and that's how they sort of got it under control. So I feel like that's a good uh, kind of a uh, combination of a fancy party and a trash party. So with that, that said, we got to get to Elizabeth Taylor, but I wanted to ask, cause I, you seem, you, I'm sorry if this ends up being disappointing, but you seem like the person to ask, like, uh, in terms of anecdotes regarding trash parties. Yeah. Yeah. Throwing down. I, I, I can give I mean, you I've one. Got... I've told you this before, but I don't think it was on the show. I, the, the wildest party I've ever been to, I helped throw, uh, and it was, you've been at one of the wildest ones I was ever at, but go ahead at your house that time or yeah, your grandma's yeah, house. Yeah. My yeah, grandma's house. That's, actually, yes, that was a good one. But when I was in high school, 
Bain, who I mentioned earlier, actually, he's come yeah. up again. His mama was out of town one weekend. It was Labor Day weekend, a three-day weekend. So, like, Sunday night on Labor Day, we threw a big, like, high school party. And, dude, it was like fucking – it was like something from one of those movies you see with high school parties. Yeah. It was in fucking Clay County. It was the stuff of legend. And I'm not just, you know, pumping myself up by saying that. In the words of Skybone, who was in my uh, grade, the next week at school, somebody asked, he had been at the party, someone asked him how it was. He was like, hey, as soon as you walked in, it was hoes, it was weed, it was beer, dog, it was people getting their ass kicked. It's like, hey, it was wild, son. And, and it was. People fucking throwing shit off the goddamn, there was like a, you know, there was like a fucking train being run and all kinds of shit. Shit's getting thrown off the fucking porch. People getting their asses whooped. It was fucking crazy. Crazy. And like, and, uh, you know, still to this day, people that were there will like bring it, you know, like yeah. at Bain's house. It's like the stuff of legend. So, I've been to about 58 of those parties where they still get talked about. I mean, obviously there's the ones that are like Mount Rushmore. And for the record, I'm going to tell this one anecdote and then we can bring this back up next week. And the only reason I say that is because if you get me going on this, then we're going to be here for two hours. But here's a little anecdote about the types of parties that we used to go to. Uh, that So, you know, my buddy Kit, shirtless motherfucker at my I wedding. Do. I do. Kit used to throw the biggest ragers. We were all drunk. There was Everybody had a shotgun, and we were just blasting cans. It's insane that nobody died. And Kit used to make hunch punch. And that's how everybody got so drunk, because, like, you didn't have to, like, you could bring your own beer, but Kit made, like, gallons and gallons and gallons of hunch punch. He took the cost on himself, because he's like, when I throw a party, I want everybody to get drunk. And so he'd always said, he's like, there's a, there's a, I have a secret recipe to my hunch punch that I don't let anybody know unless they're in my circle. And me and Kit had been hanging out for a little bit, but I guess we weren't so tight. Then after a while we got super close and he's like, I'm going to finally let you in on the, the, the secret to my hunch punch. He goes, you got to come with me to my truck and nobody can follow us because nobody can see the, the secret to my hunch punch. I'm like, okay. So. He, he we, get, we get back to his truck. He has one of them big-ass Gatorade things that you used to dump on the coach and shit. And he's, of course, pouring, you know, pure PGA, P, PGA yeah. in this motherfucker. Bacardi 151 before that was outlawed. Shit. Yeah, and so I'm thinking, like, <laughs> well, this is the secret ingredient, you know. And then, of course, there's just regular rum. There's all this shit. And it's halfway full of liquor before he even adds any of the, uh, the, the uh, Hawaiian punch or whatever. Fruit, fruit punch and, and shit, yeah. Yeah, and he's going through the whole motion, and he goes, and then he goes, and here, here's something that nobody would ever think about, but I'm telling you it works. And he gets a gallon of whole milk, and he pours the gallon of whole milk in it, right? And he goes, he, and he goes, you, no, he goes, no one would ever know. You can't taste it at all because it's diluted with all this other stuff. He goes, it's a consistency thing. It makes it just a little bit more velvety, and it goes down. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's the secret ingredient. And he goes, but here's the, the coup de gras or whatever. He grabs the oldest, rustiest hammer from the back of his truck I've ever seen. It's dripping in rust. And that's what he stirs this motherfucker <laughs> with. And he goes, that's what gives it its flavor right there. Yeah. So everyone yeah, got boy. tetanus. We all got yeah. tetanus. It's the tetanus it's, that do it. It's the tetanus that do it. So, yeah, I'll, I would be more than happy to share more drunk stories uh, when we do part two. But again, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Forever. Yes, it is time to uh, 
to abstain from this uh, part. We'll have part two next week because it's wild how much the time flies at this when show you, at putting yeah. on airs. But it is time to talk about Elizabeth Taylor right after this. Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? SaveWithConrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at SaveWithConrad.com. Let's do it, Trey. You want to talk about Elizabeth Taylor, but you got to tell me what you know about her first. Elizabeth Taylor, yeah, let's do it, paparazzo show. Well, I mean, you know, she came up when I was talking about weddings. We talked about Larry Fortinsky, who, again, became a hero of mine uh, immediately. So I know <laughs> she was married like eight fucking times or whatever. Um, you know, she loved diamonds, perfume, all that shit. Just a Hollywood queen uh, who was a drunk, I believe, like to, like to party, get down, get married, get divorced, and just be wild. That's pretty Loved much what it. I know about her. Yeah, you nailed it, man. So I'm going to do half speed run, and then I'm going to stop on some things that I really want to focus on. But Elizabeth Rosamond Taylor, here's something I didn't know. She was born on February 27th, 1932 in London. Had no fucking idea. She was born in London to American parents. The deal was yeah. that her daddy, uh, Francis Taylor, he was an art dealer. So he was, you know, constantly moving about his, her mama, Sarah Southern was a former actress. So, uh, alert. We have a Nepo baby on our hands, Trey. Uh, she, so that, you know, because of his job, she was sort of like an army brat, but more like an art, arty brat, I guess. Like he was constantly moving into one place, setting up an art dealership. And then like, I guess making as much money as you can on art in one place and then getting the fuck out of town. She had an older brother named Howard. Uh, when she was seven years old, her family moved to Los Angeles, California, where her father opened an art gallery. She went to Westlake School for Girls, which was a super prestigious private school. Uh, and she was actually very smart. She was like straight A student. I, I don't know why I said it like that. I, that seems like I was like, I can't believe it. She's fucking right. smart. Everybody thinks she's just a dumb whore, but she actually well, dude, had a that, brain well, that the, works. The thing is, though, and this is not it's my fault for continuing to perpetrate it, but like. She is one of the models of like back then women were supposed to be exclusively sex objects and they For weren't sure. they were like Hedy when Hedy Lamar invented fucking Morse code or whatever it was the fuck that she did that was like that was the exception that proves the rule that most Hollywood actresses are dumb as fuck which is of course not true but back then that's just you know how it was her parents divorced when she was nine and her mother remarried actor and producer henry fonda's best friend clifford odette so this is when uh her acting career starts like she you know he's got the father art dealer she's in los angeles but she gets uh discovered by a talent scout while she was just at an art gallery which is just another one of those like back in that day that just kind of happened. You'd just be standing somewhere and somebody's like, we're going to put you in the pictures, kid. Right. right? So yeah. she so made it with she, a cigar. Fucking, yeah. Like and. a limo rolls up or whatever. The, the, the window goes down, cigar smoke rolls out. And then it's like you kid. Hey, yeah, right. Hey Louie, did you see the tits on that 12 year old? Huh? See? Yeah. yeah like <laughs> yeah, right. so she made her film debut at the age of 10 in the movie. There's one born every minute. And then she ended up having a lot of more small roles in movies because in 1943, she signed a contract with legendary studios 
MGM's. This is one of Hollywood's largest studios. If you don't know anything about film, you know about MGM, right? So she becomes a child star in all these movies. She starts with Lassie Come Home, National Velvet. Then she becomes, a, yeah, like, oh, these movies make her like a household name. Like, not quite Shirley Temple, but she's, you know, she's a household name. And it's said that during this time, and I don't know if this was like, why she got the deal with MGM or she gets the MG, deal with MGM and then this happens. But apparently her mama uh, has an affair with Louis B. Mayer and Liz fucking hated Louis B. Mayer. And I got this quote from Rolling Stone uh, and this is a pretty lengthy one, but this is her talking about her experience with MGM. When I was 15 and Louis B. Mayer started screaming at my mother and using swear words that I'd never heard before, quote, I took you and your fucking daughter out of the gutter. I uttered my first swear word and told him that he didn't dare speak to my mother that way and he and the studio could both go to hell and that I was never going back to his office. And I left my mother there with her eyes shut. I think she was sort of praying. I walked out of there in such a fury and in tears, and I went to see my old friend and vice president, Benny, and he said, you have to go back, kid. And another vice president came and found me. Now, those guys were my buddies, and they said, sweetheart, you have got to go back and apologize. And I said, what for? He should apologize to my mother. I'm not going back in his office. I meant what I said, and I don't care if you fire me now. I don't know where I found the independence. I totally winged it on my own and just took my career with total knowledge and decision and threw it out the window. Now, I had not a clue how Louis B. Mayer, one of the great icons of Hollywood history and slightly mad, and who was frothing at the mouth and the temper, would take this from a pipsqueak. But I didn't care. I knew that he had done something very wrong. As it turns out, they must have wanted or needed me. Otherwise, they wouldn't have kept me. But that has only occurred to me in hindsight. I lay that quote out there to say that regardless of the notion that all these ladies back then were just like, yes, sir, Mr. Mayor, whatever. She was a she was a fucking real one. You know what I mean? Like she didn't give yeah. a rat's ass. She said in response to Mayor screaming, uh, you know, curse words you never heard before. She uttered her first one. Was it anti-Semitic in nature or is that like, no, like- <laughs> it was it was the it was just the word hell. It was just the what? word hell. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you have to understand she's like 14 <laughs> at this time. Yeah. Yeah. She's, yeah. You know what I mean? I like, I mean, I'm I, just I being that, a smart ass, but like, no, 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 you know. no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. Cause when I was that reading this, I was shit. Again, I just picked with the fucking cigar. It's like, I pulled you out of the fucking gutter. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. <laughs> like it's just so yeah. it's very on the nose. Well, speaking of Jews, uh, we're going to talk about Cleopatra, <laughs> yeah. Cleopatra, yeah. which is the, her historical epic that was directed by Joseph uh, Mankiewicz, Jew, uh, who, you know, the, the, the movie uh, Mank. This was actually like a really big uh, risk for her because she did this without MGM's blessing. Like she was still under contract for them. And she was like, this is like my passion project. I really want to do this. And you're just going to have to work it out. She was actually she was chosen to play the lead role of Cleopatra after uh, Joan Collins and Aubrey he Audrey Hepburn turned it down. It had a forty four million dollar budget. That's not with Huge inflation for that, that time. That's right? in, it yeah. was it was the most yeah. expensive movie ever made I at mean, that time. And so that I, yeah, that's not with inflation. What the fuck no, is that with inflation? Two hundred fifty million or something. It, that's it's Avatar shit. That's literally Avatar yeah. shit. Which yeah, it makes crazy. sense because in order to do all those set pieces and shit back then, you had to do them. You had to do. You them. had to you actually had to build set them. it up. Yeah, they, they had to be people there, fucking painted bronze with wool 
wolf heads on their fucking right. uh, you know on right. their shoulders like, or whatever. Like you had to do you had to do all that shit. And yeah, they would like, do it and they would kill a bunch of people while doing it and they'd be like, Well, we got the shot. You know what I mean? And be yeah, like, like right. Like the same but with like, the Great Flood, they'd line up a thousand extras. Be like, all right, it's gonna be a shitload of water coming through yeah. here. Look scared, right? And, you know, fifty of them would drown. They're like, well, that's you know, that's pretty good. Could have been a lot yeah. worse. See you and at the like, pictures, <laughs> dude. You're fucking hundred percent right. And like, know. you know, CGI and CGI and green screens and stuff do cost a lot of money. It's not like they don't, but like it. it Right. It, but it not not near as much as when you don't have that and you still want to get horses. Son, oh my god. They stayed killing horses back then. They didn't Absolutely. Give a <laughs> no, horses and fuck. extras, son. Dying but, for the shot each and every but, day in Hollywood. But yeah, I mean, that's why this movie was so hard to get made. And then movies like, you know, the aviator the, was all about this. Like when when fucking what's his shit wanted to do all Howard that Hughes. stuff, they were like Howard Hughes. They were like, but we have to actually do all of it. And he's like, right. yeah, all right, fuck it. Like if you wanted to make uh, Hell's Angels now again, it would still cost a lot of money. But we're talking a fucking fraction of what this was. So during Cleopatra, uh, she began a highly publicized affair uh, with Richard Burton, Richard Burton, both of whom, yep. Richard Burton, who is the only man that she married twice. That was the true love of her life. I and know. they start this, they start this highly publicized affair in a movie about a very scandalous affair. And people at the time didn't, they were like, no, 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 no this isn't real. They're just on the set of the movie and you're confused. And a lot of people, when you reread about it, are like, this was the, that times Brad and Angelina. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. This was yeah. like their Mr. and Mrs. Smith where everyone was like, I think they're fucking. And people were like, no, they're just working. But like they were, you know, totally fucking. Um, she received a record-breaking $1 million salary, which made her the highest-paid actress in Hollywood at that time, which is, I mean, goddamn, I don't know how much the men were getting paid, but that's, that's fucking insane. Uh, and, of course, you know, this, this film is what really cemented her as who we know is Liz Taylor. One thing I wanted to talk about, uh, I'll speed run through a couple things, but I really wanted to lay on this because it, it goes back to what you were talking about in terms of being hammered. Elizabeth Taylor is credited with being the celebrity that took the stigma out of going to rehab. Like, nowadays, oh. you hear celebrities go to rehab all the time. And apparently... <laughs> Back then they did too, but none of them ever said it. Like none of them would yeah. ever fucking say that I'm going to rehab. But Elizabeth well, Taylor. I've, I've always heard that like if you hear a celebrity was hospitalized with exhaustion. For exhaustion, it's rehab. Exhaustion yeah. is just, that's just code for drug problems and rehab or whatever. But like, yeah. it's funny that, I, good for her for removing yeah, that stigma. But it's, but it's funny considering that while in rehab, she married a construction worker named Larry. Do you well, know what I'm saying? Like, that was later. That was later. It's weird yeah. that people were like, oh, rehab's fine. For, yeah. Because you would think people would be like, man, I don't know. I don't know about <laughs> that. Yeah. <laughs> look at the look, look at the decision she's making post-rehab. Have you met Larry? Uh, well, this, you know. But Larry must <laughs> well, have been is, a dick-swinging, cool-ass motherfucker. So maybe oh, I'm I agree. Totally we'll off base here. We'll talk about <laughs> him in a minute if I have time. But so... So basically she was just like the first one that was like, listen, I have, because back then there was like, people didn't even admit that they had a drinking problem. Like a lot of, of people didn't go not. to re people didn't go to rehab, not because they didn't want it to be out, but because that, Drink is not a problem. People, what are you fucking People didn't about? admit they had any kind of problems. And no, of course then. not. Like, problems so, didn't exist back then. Like, so fucking, she's, 
So she's the first celebrity to have admitted to going to the Betty Ford Clinic, which kind of put Betty Ford Clinic on the map even more than Mm -hmm. it was. And by the way, this pissed Betty Ford off because they couldn't meet the demand. Like after fucking, after Elizabeth Taylor said Taylor said she's going to the Betty Ford Clinic, the fucking phone was just off the hook. Just like, we're coming. Can I come? (laughs) (laughs) So, so she was married eight times to seven different men. Her first marriage was to hotel heir Conrad Hilton Jr., the son. And he was a real bag of shit to her. He treated her like a fucking doormat. Um, it, as wait soon a minute. As hold, the, wait, hold on, hold on. Wasn't, wasn't one of the Hiltons married to Zsa Yes. The daddy. It was the daddy, right? wasn't it? Damn, she's, so. got even sure. more, I do t- she's got even more in common with her than we thought. Um, she So she she got married to him when she was 18 years old. He treated her like a piece of shit. And when they got divorced, uh, he sprinted to the press just to make a statement. Uh, he he said, it is it is a privilege to, ha- it's, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but he was like, it's a, it's a privilege to be in bed with Elizabeth Taylor. And at the rate she's going, everyone's going to have that privilege. So he just, yeah, he just comes in and just like, by the way, she's a whore. And the reason is a lot of people expect 18 year old bride. Yes. And wow. the reason, the reason a lot of people speculate that he did this, like he went out and got in front of it and called her crazy and called her a whore is because he used to beat up on her. And he was like, she's going to say something. So if I get to, like, he literally called a reporter and is like, say this, put this out there. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, scandal follows her everywhere she goes. Her second marriage was to British actor Michael Wilding. Then she married producer Mike Todd, who was killed in a plane crash the following year on a plane called The Liz. Um, she didn't go with him. He was coming back from somewhere. She's also said that, like, that was her, that was the love of her life. And so basically, if you, if according to her, if he hasn't, if he didn't die in this plane crash, there's no six other marriages, which I mean, I call fucking bullshit on, but you know, whatever. Then she married Eddie Fisher. She married uh, Richard Burton, her co-star from Cleopatra. Her sixth marriage was to politician John Warner in 1976, who he was a huge Republican. He's, she had her entire life. She was a, a died in the wool Democrat liberal person. But she really loved him, even though they disagreed on things. And then she hosted a bunch of fundraisers for him, even though I'm pretty sure she voted for the other guy. (laughs) But like she was just like, I got to be a supportive wife. In 1991, uh, she married construction worker and our personal hero, Larry Fortensky. Uh, who she met while in rehab. Fortensky was born, we're going to give him some flowers. Fortensky was born January 17th, 1952, grew up working class. In 1988, while they were both undergoing treatment at the Betty Ford Center, where she frequented, uh, they began a relationship. They eventually got divorced, but they remained uh, friends, you know, the whole time. Because he just, you know, he's a good guy. So Liz, she was also one of the first celebrities to speak out about AIDS when everybody was being hush-hush about it, even Hollywood. Like Hollywood wasn't touching it. Politicians weren't touching it. And of course, this is speculated because she was very good friends with Rock Hudson. She was also very good friends with a myriad of who we now know were closeted. um, Right. She was, and I'm saying this is the word they used for it, 
she was a quote fag hag. That was her thing. Like she was friends with a lot of homosexuals. So obviously AIDS hit her personally and she became a staunch uh, supporter of the AIDS cause. She was the first celebrity to have her own fragrance. A lot of people at our age, the first time we ever heard about Liz Taylor was white diamonds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like our grandmas. Absolutely. All over the commercials. I have actually mentioned, I've probably mentioned white diamonds in nine separate jokes um, about Meemaw's or about the church. It's just always something that I can say that I know everyone knows, like everybody knows white diamonds. And uh, it's, I mean, it was, it was the first, she was the first celebrity to ever have their own fragrance. It sold over a billion in her lifetime. It was insanely popular. Um, Katy Perry has actually said because of that and the age stuff that she considers her the first influencer, the first celebrity that would have worked on Instagram nowadays because she wasn't just a star. She was someone like an Oprah that sort of could dictate what people did based on well if liz taylor's into that i can fucking do it a lot of people got behind aids because of liz taylor uh elizabeth taylor passed away on march 23rd 2011 in los angeles california at the age of 79 the cause of death was congestive heart failure which failure which she'd been struggling with for some time she had a history of health problems throughout her life and by the way my favorite thing about her she was late to her own funeral trey Man, that's like a classic joke they say about people like my sister. You know what I mean? People that are chronically late. Like that's the thing I've heard growing up my whole life. You know, be like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, she dies, the hearse will have a flat tire on the way to the funeral. They'll be like their own funeral, that type of thing. So, And she'd heard it her whole life, too, about that. And that's why she did it. She had it in her will. She was like, start the service. Oh, she did it on purpose. Yes, she did it it because of that. People have been telling that her whole life. And so... She said, start the service, and then 20 minutes later, wheel me in, which I think is just fucking gangster. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Um, That's beautiful. Trey, do, do we have time to read a couple emails in four minutes? It depends on how yeah how you read them. Let's go. Just where everybody knows, my wife is on a trip right now. I'm at home alone, and I got to be inside to let my children in the house when they get home from school, and I got four minutes of recording All time right. left. So, Cho, airmail, let's do it. Here we go. Subject line. Tipping. Hey, queers. This mm. is Josh from Utah. Big fan hey, from way back when. I happened to see Trey's bathroom video back in the day and immediately loved all y'all. I've been following all of it since. Bring back Bubba, goddammit. Uh, anywho, I'm a former Mormon who hella relates to former religious people. I also very much relate to trash people. As us rural utahans are very much trash for real salt lake city is very progressive but it is surrounded by red anyway i own a pizza shop unfortunately we use tips it's fucked but my employees need tips Corey, i know tips don't make sense but we need that wait when did i say that tips weren't good i don't remember but i imagine your stance was basically like it's fucked up that you know that we have to pay the salary of the employees and yeah, like this is server for years, and I, you know, and I have a, I have a complicated relationship. with Well, the for the record, too, uh, in case something got lost in translation, 
me and you have talked a million times about how we are huge tippers, and I am. I he tip like a, a mother. Tipper, yes. I tip like a motherfucker. You can both think that it's fucked up that people okay. don't get paid a living wage in this country in general, but also still be a good tipper, which I think is true of both of us. Well, he says, I've tried to incorporate them into the price. It doesn't work yet. Someday it might. Don't shit on tips. All right, Josh. Well, here's the deal. No, you, he's probably, you know what? I believe I know, him I, about that because I, do too. I, because I, do I too. bet, because I bet the employee, because dude, look, like, I'm not going to lie. It's almost, it's an untenable situation, frankly, because I agree. Like, yeah. Because when I was a server, when I was in college, if they had come out and said, guess what, guys? Because yeah, I got you paid $2.13 an hour. That's what I got paid. If they right. come out and said, like, you ain't getting tips no more, we're going to pay you even fucking $10 an hour back then, right? But you get no right. tips. Every yeah, single one of it. us yeah. would have been like, fuck that shit. Like, I don't, that, that ain't it. But like, yeah. that don't make it. Okay. Right. Not to this pay a dude, living wage. Our buddy yeah. Josh owns a pizza shop. And I, but and, like, and fucking I'm not going to Charlie's, argue. a corporation yes. like, oh, Charlie's. It's that different. don't make it okay that they pay people $2 an hour. But Agreed. it's a super complicated issue yes. that we've kind of gotten ourselves into culturally. Agreed. And I definitely am not going to. I respect you, Josh. And uh, I'm sorry that I came across that way sincerely. Uh, because, yes, it is. There's a different set of rules that you have to play by when you're a small mom and pop. When you're somebody like fucking O'Charlie's and shit, you can afford to do a little bit more. But, yes, Josh, I understand where you're coming from. And I apologize if I seem salty about it. It certainly wasn't at you. As always, it's about the fucking man and the goddamn corporations. Well, Trey, there is no way I'm going to be able to read mm -hmm. that second email that I have. No, because, save it. Because, as you know from our fans, it was 19 paragraphs long. And a good one. I'll read it next week. Well, save Thank it for next week, yeah. I will. Thank you all for being here, for putting on airs. Continue to like, download, subscribe. Tell all your friends. And, above all, stay fancy. You, you, you. Here's Lydia Loveless. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. Royalty and rednecks are alike. They both like cutting and picking fights. Biscuits and baked beans where they don't belong. Sit on down with Corey and Trey and learn some fancy shit. Today we'll laugh a little even when they're wrong. They'll take you to a magical place where if you call someone a cut, nobody cares. They keep it debonair at putting on airs, putting on airs, putting on airs.